Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Trillionaire. The ugliest podcast in the verse with the bestest, most beautifulest of ideas. I made my intro a separate thing, separate segment, so people who don't like it can skip it like my girlfriend, ever so loyal. <laughs> Shots fired. But um, yeah, I love the intro, man. It's just so fun to be like, oh, welcome, welcome. And it's, I don't know, I just enjoy it. Um, in my the first time I started podcasting, I I used the uh, Spreaker app, um, and they had like an applause emoji, audio emoji thing. So when you hit the applause button, it just was like claps. It was it just felt so good to, to have that sort of intro. So I'm keeping it, and I like it, and I don't care how cringy or whatever it sounds for certain peoples. But anyways, on this episode. I would like to talk about. Um, I'm not. I'm not coming with this on the fly. I just, just <laughs> lost my head real quick. Um, oh yeah, I wanted to talk about the future of blockchain technology and exactly why it will change every aspect of the world. Like beyond the normal, oh Bitcoin is is firing off, or oh, it's decentralized, blah blah blah. No, I want to talk about the everyday practical uses of blockchain and cryptocurrency and exactly how. It will, or at least can, can, because um, it's not really guaranteed if people don't build it, but how it can, like, completely change how we interact in everyday life for the better if we guide it correctly. Now, for those who don't know, years after blockchain has been this popular, but for those who don't know, the, uh, the kind of basis of blockchain is... I want to keep it simple. The basis of blockchain is essentially a way to keep records. Um, the official term or whatever is a ledger, but you can basically think about it as a, a record keeper for your um, transactions, for whenever you make a payment or really any action that you do, you can keep a record of that thing online. And um, the way blockchain secures itself, it's, it's, it's just a lot of digits, a lot of... Um, I don't know. You can look it up. Whatever. I'm not. I don't. I'm. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not as. I know what how what blockchain is and all that stuff. But I'm not <laughs> um, a pro at it enough to explain it in a simple manner. Like Einstein said, you, you're not really. A, you don't. You're not really a master of anything unless you can explain it simply. And I'm not a master at blockchain. I, I'm not a pro at it. I just know enough to to just get the gist of it and to be to be updated with the um current the current news and all of that stuff in the in the um ecosystem um but for the average person i would definitely say just look up blockchain there's so much stuff online and so many people who can explain it much better than i can right now so just go do that and come back so yeah go research blockchain and then come back and listen to this but basically i want to talk about the practical uses of blockchain in everyday life and um, how we can build a better um, world around that that idea. So, how I see it is currently online. The only real way to make money is the time-tested way of just selling something, <laughs> um, or the new and stupidly annoying way of selling your attention. Which is basically selling something, but in a roundabout way, we call it ads. 
hate that. <laughs> I hate ad tyranny. I, I hate ads. I call it the, the tyranny of ads, the, the, the ad tyranny. And I wanted to take it down. I wanted to destroy it because I feel like so much of the negative sides of technology and recent history in the last decade or so had been due almost solely to feed the ad revenue industry. Companies like Facebook and YouTube and um, even freaking big banks and, and credit unions, they have become utter cesspools of, of bad practices and privacy um, privacy leakages and, and really just selling your, other, their customers' privacy almost completely just so that they can um, get better ads. <laughs> on their platforms or or sell to add marketing agencies and stuff like that and i think it's it's it it's just uh it's just so, so frustrating so um due to this limitation of how we can make money online there is there is a dissonance in the ability for the average person to to be self-sufficient and in order for society to uh, get to a better place, to get to a place of abundance, people need more flexibility and more avenues, more accessibility to make money. There needs to be a, uh, more ways to make money other than just going to a job than, than being a salesman of some product or service. I think that is where blockchain can come um, in hand. That is where the most benefit will come to the average person, where they can... Um, watch a video and their time spent watching that video in and of itself is a support in and of itself is how they can earn cryptocurrency some type of income by even even being passive um, viewers and being passive consumers can be an income generating process now I do want to explore the ramifications of this um, probably in a later episode but right now I just want to explore the possibilities the the, the uh, the opportunities here because um, I think there's a powerful powerful incentive in aligning a company's or anybody's um, ability to make money and the consumer's ability to make money because right now there's a dissonance between there you you're as a consumer you watch videos or you you go in the Instagram feed you go in the Facebook feed and all that's doing on your side is time being spent. And <laughs> the only real value, quote unquote, that you get on that is watching somebody else do something that you want to do. <laughs> is uh, kind of living a life, uh, pro what, what's the word, um, vicariously through somebody else. And that is harmful for people. That is why the current, the current um, kind of, health uh harms oh. okay so i want to do this episode talking about blockchain and how you can use it in a practical way in every in in, in the average person's life i'll try not to ramble too much but essentially um before i even get into blockchain i highly suggest you go uh, pause this and go research it go go look it up and stuff like that because there's so much about it that that, that is powerful and there's so many other people who can explain it way better than I can right now. Um, but what I want to talk about specifically is the everyday uses one can have if blockchain is integrated into our everyday lives. Um, 
those ideas sur- surround upon the idea of um, essentially taking down the ad tyranny. I hate freaking ads. Like <laughs> the current stand, the stance of 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 ads, the the, ah, the current tyranny of ad revenue. I feel like greatly corrupts the industries, the um, technology that we have today. I feel like every major negative and um, harmful kind of thing that technology has done in the past decade or so has been due almost solely to feed the ad freaking beast that it is. So you go on Facebook, you go on YouTube or whatever, and they take all your data, they take a lot of your attention, they take a lot of your uh, your effort, your energy, and they feed it to their to the, to um to earn more ad revenue because your data is the value to them, but to you, your value you don't really have you don't really get any value from going on Facebook or going on YouTube besides the the entertainment value and maybe the educational value if you're using your time wisely. And that is a, is a huge waste of time on the consumer's part. That is a huge um, destruction of our own mental health because it is in the, they're incentivized to, to make it an um, addictive experience. They're incentivized to make you spend more time on their platforms for less and less gain on your part. Because when you, as a human, feel empowered or feel like you gained value from something, you're going to go out and do something. That's what we humans do. We go out and build. We go create. We go procreate (laughs) or whatever. We go out and do things. We go and experience things because that is how we enjoy life. We don't really often enjoy life, you know, watching other people do things. We say we do, but really we just know or feel that deep down we can't really, we're stuck where we are right now. We're stuck in this crappy household. We're stuck in this crappy job. We're stuck, you know, being poor or whatever. So we can't go out and experience life. So we watch other people do that and we call that entertainment. And so the current um, industries, they make bank on this. They purposely incentivize, or they're rather incentivized to do more of this because is, that is how they make profit. Because the more time you spend on their uh, platforms, the more they can sell you ads. Now, I want to flip this. I want to make it so that um, the consumer gains value from even if they're being passive. That way, even if, even if worst case scenario, a company is still incentivized to keep you on that platform at least you can gain monetary value from that and then once you get a certain um uh once you get a certain uh, amount of income coming in then you'll be incentivized yourself to go out and experience life so then you're not caught in a constant loop of oh I'm going to sit here and watch uh t- 20 30 50 hours of YouTube every week and not actually gain any skills or not actually gain any experience not gain anything from that and just Week after week, you're just caught doing the same thing. Instead, if you spend like 50 hours a week this week <laughs> from watching videos, at least you'll gain some income. And then next week you say, oh, I got some money. I can, I can go out and do, go do something. I think that is a powerful thing because you can't, in our capitalist society, you can't really force companies to, to do something else. To like, oh, you can't put ads anymore. You can't, 
uh, incentivize this. That you, yeah, you could try to put regulations, but it never really works because you can't force people to do things that that um, are in their best interest, or rather, that are not in this in their best interest at this um, for this scenario. I hate ads, but the only way to destroy ads is to one on the consumer side and incentivize people to. Um, get value from other things, and two, on the company side, on the, uh, the corporate side, to incentivize them to find other um, means of income. And that's another way that blockchain can help, that cryptocurrency can help, because they can have people create things. They can, um, kind of like YouTube, again, user-generated content has made YouTube, and even Facebook, the things that, it, that they are now, but the people creating that content are rarely ever, um, rarely ever uh, given the income that they deserve for that content created. They're rarely ever given full rights to the content, rarely ever given the full amount of income they receive in terms of the ads spent on their content, stuff like that. And because ads are still so limited in how much money they can make, because really, you only really gain income from an ad if somebody clicks on it. Sure, there are some um, marketing agencies, some companies, in which give you money first for being able to place the ad there. Um, but most of the share of the income comes when somebody goes to the ad, clicks on a product, buys the product, and all of that has to trickle back down to the creator <laughs> in the first place. So that's such a roundabout way of making money that it, it does, it's not really enough to really spread around, spread that wealth around to the, um, to the people who are actually creating that content. So if you instead have a blockchain um, system set up where um, you gain currency from creating content on one side and then gain currency as a user from watching that, car- that, that content, then both sides win. Both sides win. And of course, this is a win-win-win because the company who created that platform also win because more people on their platform because that's where they, you know, can earn money. Um, I think the abundance and 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 being able to earn an income from anything you do will greatly kickstart the 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 economy in a totally different way. Of course, people are going to complain about inflation. They're going to complain about this, that, and the other. But inflation is going to happen regardless. It's going to happen regardless, especially in a, in a scarce, uh, in a um, pre-scarcity, in a current you know ecosystem that we are in, where money and and food and all of these things are scarce. Inflation is going to happen, and it's going to be worse because now your basic needs are are um, dependent. On, the, on your income, which is in itself scarce, which is limited. So if we have a, a, an a overall ecosystem where everybody in the system can make money and where everybody in the process, the, the consumer, the creator, the company, the platform, if they all are making money, then that means the base foundation, the, 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 the lowest people, the poorest people are still rich enough, are still wealthy enough to sustain themselves. They can purchase their own food now. They can purchase their own housing now. They can purchase whatever they want now. 
So even if inflation happens, it's, it's not going to be as, as bad as it is now because more people have disposable income. You would have to raise the inflation would have to raise like on every single on housing, on food, on on technology and everything. Inflation would have to raise the price of all of that for for the um, for this not to work out in a good way, which is I wouldn't say impossible, but probably in an extremely corrupt system it could be possible. But it's highly unlikely in a capitalist system because for one, for food. That the price of food goes down as technology goes up and as um, their automation goes up and as more knowledge there is to to um, you know produce more food and to transport more food. So over time, the cost of food tends to go down as long as you know the technologies used to create that food go up. On housing part, that is hard. That is largely controlled by supply and demand. So if people have more disposable income, they're more likely to move elsewhere. Then they're less likely to um, condense around one area. Thus, the demand will go uh, down for you know the parts the the parts of the cities or parts of um, yeah basically parts of cities where rent is usually climbing higher due to that demand. That will go down because people will spread out more. And then uh, what I say, the technology, that will most definitely decrease because over time technology gets better. That's what we've been doing. We've, we've con- we're constantly building better technology. We're constantly um, lessening the, the, uh, the, the manpower needed to create that technology as you know, robots come in, automation comes in, all that decreases. So the biggest argument against you know, giving people uh, the ability to make more income being inflation, that will be, it's not even a problem, really. So, um, yeah, I think I think that could be freaking amazing. <laughs> but I don't, I think it doesn't stop there. I think the uses of blockchain even go beyond the, you know, the normal everyday, okay, watch this video or, or go on this, this platform. I think it's also extremely powerful for the next level of the internet. The next level of the internet is going to be definitely virtual reality or augmented reality or some combination thereof. It's going to be the ability to look around everyday life and see a virtual layer of that life. Like Magic Leap has a extremely <laughs> um, well done kind of kind of uh, imagination of what this is. Uh, they have a well done um, what's the term? Magic Leap has a Beautiful idea of how this reality can ex- can can happen can exist what it will look like. So basically, you have base reality, which is where we live now, and then with through AR filters through virtual reality, you have other realities layered on top. So you look around, you, you can have a freaking I don't know a Disney reality where there's Marvel characters flying around everywhere. You you can have a Harry Potter reality, where there's magic and stuff like that flying everywhere. You can have a Pokemon reality, <laughs> or you can even do it more mundane, more more mundane, and have something like a, a data reality, where you see the uh, data transactions between computers and, and 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 your different devices and stuff like that. You can have a, a tax reality, where you see how where your tax uh, dollars are going, where it's being spent, and you know 
exactly why you have to pay all these taxes <laughs> and if it's actually being used productive pr productively um, so you have all these different filters that you can put on real life that that become a new reality now imagine yourself in this new world which is really again the current world is the current base reality you're just able to apply filters to it to see different levels of it now imagine you're here and you want to make money course <laughs> that's what we do right you want to create something you want to produce something you want to you want to sell things now instead of just having to sell to a person down the street or to somebody online you could sell to freaking NAI and any one of these layers you can sell to freaking Hermione Granger you can sell to <laughs> some character from uh, Star Wars or whatever right <laughs> can you, are you are you seeing this right here I mean, granted, this this does assume that AI comes gets to the level where it's comparable to to human intelligence. Well, actually, no. I think with this reality, it doesn't even have to assume that you need sentient um, AI or anything like that. You just need something similar to like NPCs in a game, in a, in a regular game like World of Warcraft. You you can make a, you can sell to merchants. Merchants sell to you. And the only thing that differentiates the, the economy of World of Warcraft to the real world economy, the only thing that differentiates, it, differentiates them is the environment that it's in. Economists have uh, studied these game economies because they're almost like, like playgrounds in which you can simulate real, 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 ah, real uh, time economic impacts. As long as the game itself is kind of is uh, what do you call it is a uh, is a closed circuit game. As long as the developer can come in and just insert like <laughs> a bunch of money, then the economy is pretty much similar to what it would be like if it was in real life. It's almost like a game economy is just as real as a real life economy. And even in real life, you can just print money and mess up the economy. Same thing for a developer going down in there and. and putting in a bunch of zeros and messing up the economy. So these these real life, these uh, alternate realities, these filters, each can have their own economies. Each can have their own cryptocurrencies, their own currencies that we as everyday people can use. Now that might make it a little bit confusing because you're not just going to have a dollar or, or, or a pound or whatever is your, your currency and your country. You're going to have a wallet Similar to what you know is being created now, you're gonna have a wallet with dozens, hundreds, if not thousands of different currencies. Now that might sound confusing, but it's very similar. It's very similar to um, what we do now with our different with our different social media accounts or something like that. You go to a different account and you have a different you have a different um what's the word? You just have a different concept a different uh context for that platform you know if you go on facebook you're talking to these friends you're you're, you're talking to these groups you're um talking about these sorts of subjects maybe you don't have your own currency for facebook right now but you get the gist of it you go on twitter it's a whole different thing you go on instagram that's a whole different thing now that will translate i think pretty well to these alternate uh realities that are your filters you go into Disney, uh, the, the Disney filter, and you're going to do this, that, and the other. You go into the Star Wars filter, you're going to do this, that, and the other. It's contextual. 
It's not like you're going to have to look at all thousands of your or hundreds or whatever of your currencies and be like, oh, which one should I use today? No, it's it's going to be contextualized to that layer, to that filter. We're just going to have the freedom to be able to use any one of those to make a better life for ourselves. We're not going to have to be limited. And I spoke on that the, the last podcast. I think that's a powerful thing. We're not going to have to be limited to our current day tools, to our base reality tools. And that is so freaking powerful, man. It's, it excites me so much. When I heard Magic League was working on, you know, these different layers and stuff like that, I was like, that's what. That's why you got those billions of dollars right there, Magic League. Not for that damn ugly ass headset. Sorry. <laughs> they got that money for, those, for, the, for the ability to build different realities on our base reality that's what they're doing and i think that's why all these companies are jumping into augmented reality are jumping into virtual reality unlike what they what they did with the smartphone they were like a bunch of companies everybody was late with the smartphone it came out and then people were like what is that two three years later uh are we people still use that four years later oh there's a billion users there's two billion users and uh, we still don't know how to make websites for these things. <laughs> People are still rushing to, to make mobile-friendly websites even five years after the smartphone was made. That is not going to happen for VR, for AR. People are already experimenting with it. By the time it comes mainstream, there's going to be such a, a, a steep foundation for it that is going to be – that it just goes to show, like, that's the next level of the Internet. Like, just, just keep it at that. Imagine where – look at what, how the Internet changed the world from the 70s and now look where we are now from the internet and now imagine that change times 10 times 100 times a thousand for the uh virtual and augmented reality and all of that i think is going to be powered by the blockchain because that's like the only way you can really create a uh sustainable ecosystem of of economies of um currencies of of really anything across different realities it has to be a decentralized system in which keeps records so 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 profusely that you don't have to really worry about any one um power at any one person or any one company or any one um entity corrupting that system it has to be a decentralized node-based peer-to-peer system uh in which you can quickly transact things and where even even um, even though you have a huge wallet of, of hundreds of currencies, you can exchange between them because of stuff like the blockchain um, marketplace of stuff like basically Forex, but for all of reality, for all your different currencies in every reality. <laughs> I think that, oh, my gosh, it's uh, uh, I can't I can't wait, man. That's why I want to build stuff like Flubby so much. Um because that's how I see it. That's where I see it going. When I look at Flubby, I look at an average person being able to be like, hey, I, I, I want to create a freaking, I don't know, an Iron Man suit. And so they, they take Flubby and they pull and prod and push and pull, and they'll be able to make an Iron Man suit, a functioning Iron Man suit, for, for whatever reality they want to use it in. And then as they're, um, they created it, now they can sell the, the blueprints to that, to that uh, Iron Man suit to, to whoever wants to buy it. They can put a skin on it and sell that skin. They can, <laughs> and at the same time, even though they're selling it, they still retain the old, the 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 um, the original IP. 
I view Flubby and, and cryptocurrencies in general as being able to change how we look at IP and um, which is you know intellectual property and copyright and all of that stuff. You no longer have to be like, oh, I'm going to put a patent on this. And that means nobody else can make it or I'm going to sue you. No. In the blockchain world, when you create a patent or, or, or something on your ID, uh, on your IP, that means you retain, you're, 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 you're retained as the original creator of this thing, but everybody else can still use that thing. And because in their history, when even if they try to quote unquote steal your idea, it's going to be traced back to you because you were their originator. Now, in the current uh, ecosystem of blockchain, I don't think there's an actual way to be like, if, if I created an Iron Man suit um, over here on the, on the left and over here on the right country or whatever, you created another Iron Man suit in tandem or, or rather um, concurrently. I don't think there's a way to con to compare the two and say, hey, these are the same suit or these are similar suits and you you both have your own um, rights to those. I don't think there's a way to be like, to, to connect that. I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm making sense here, but basically I'm trying to say that in the future of blockchain technology, I think you will be able to more more uh i think you'll be able to morally support the idea of intellectual property without having to use it as a way to dictate who else can create things around your idea i think that's a huge problem in in, in music and a lot of creative art where one person creates something but they don't release it because they fear everybody else is going to steal it and not give them credit for it that's a huge problem right now that I think stuff like blockchain can solve because of that ledger system, because of that peer-to-peer, um, -peer, hey, this, this is the history of that transaction. This is the history of that, um, of that object's origin. But yeah, man, this, whew, there's so much to be talked, to be really dissected about in, in, uh, on this subject. I know I was rambling a lot for this episode. I'm not even sure if it makes sense. But, you know, it, it, it's been fun. So, uh, yeah. Boom, boom, bang. Bye.